This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as past teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Hey, good morning, church, and thank you for joining us online. Thank you, uh, Matt, for that. Thank you, worship team. Uh, we're glad you've joined us for online church. We are in a series uh, on how to pray. And um, like the last few weeks, we have been having the joy of just having fun in the chat. Uh, and we know people watch this later on and whenever, but there is something about showing up at the, at the time church is live. And we just love seeing conversations in the chat on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, and if you are chatting there, say hello where you're from. Um, say amen in the sermon. Come on, just be vocal. Um, just to have some fun. We want to just bless some people and give away. This series is based on this book by Pete Gregg, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. And um, I don't know if we have anybody normal that goes to our church. Uh, definitely not on our pastoral team, but we're trying to be normal. But this is, it's not mystical, it's not um, weird. Prayer is, is simple, um, and we're getting better at it. But we want to give this book away. And we've been giving it away the last couple of weeks, and we have it delivered right to your door, so uh, you can um, enjoy that. So just simply say hi in the chat, and then our team will pick out one person um, each week from YouTube and Facebook. So those are being delivered every single week, and you could uh, be the next person to grab this just to help you get some good stuff in your mind, in your spirit. This is a great place to start. So uh, jump in the chat today, uh, and we just love seeing you in there. Let me start today by reading the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, 13. I'm going to read it. Um, you're going to see it on the screen in the uh, NLT, but I'm going to read it from the New King James Version today. This is the version I memorized it in as a kid. And my mother paid me, I said last week, a silver dollar. I know. This makes me sound so old. Like I was riding the Pony Express and we navigated the Titanic disaster. That's how old I seem when I say the silver dollar. But anyway, this is the version I learned it in. So let's pray. Let's read the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 We're in a series, How to Pray. Last week, uh, we talked about the first step that we're learning on how to pray was to pause. To pause. How to pray is to pause. And um, we talked about the importance of being present. We talked about the importance of being present when we pray. And so many times we are never actually in the room when we are in the room. We're in the room, but we're not in the room. How many times have you been somewhere and you're not present? And so many times we've seen this, right? We, we're with people, we're hanging out with people, but we're on our phone, checking Instagram, Facebook. How many times have I been, to, been at people's houses when they're announcing Facebook updates? Hey, so-and-so posted this and so-and-so commented this and, and they're in a room with people, but they're not actually in the room with people being present. We do the same thing with God. And the first part of learning how to pray, how to pray is pausing. I want to remind you that the most rela important relationship we have is with our Heavenly Father. Just this week, 
you know, we have prayer requests coming in and we hear stories. And even last night, um, Nancy was talking, one of our team members going through something with their children. And we need a God that is powerful and able and we need to have easy access to him so he can move and help. And I'm so thankful that he is willing and able but we need to grow our prayer life. This is not a religious duty to go through the motions. There is power in prayer. I also believe that God wants us to live a full life, a healthy life. And in this season, when we're disconnected from people, maybe in-person church, maybe your gym is closed down where you live, maybe you can't see your, your, your parents or your loved ones, maybe that break you would get mentally by traveling or whatever that is for you, I do know this, that God is not distant. And what a time to grow our prayer life. It seems like during this, this, this challenging pandemic season, there's two groups of people. Those that say, it doesn't matter, just let yourself go. Mentally, physically, relationally. And other people are going, no, 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 no. I, wanna, I, I need to keep working. I need, to, I need to come through this better. Can I encourage you in your spirit? 2022 will be the year that we choose for it to be. I don't believe in fate. I don't believe in just let it happen. I believe that the Bible says that as a man or woman sows, they reap, that we are living harvest of our choices. We may not be able to control governments or pandemics or conditions or the weather, but we can grow our spirit and our connection with God. Being present. Last week, pausing. Just pausing to be fully present. It's good advice if you're a parent. It's good advice if you're a spouse. It's good advice in friendships to be fully present with our God. We learned last week the first, uh, the, the first point in prayer, P, is to pause. Hope you did that this week. Hope you paused a little bit. A little more listening than talking. A little being fully present. This week, we're going into our second point in prayer. And today's title is Rejoice. Rejoice. We pause and now we are rejoicing. Philippians 4, chapter uh, 4, verse 4. Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. The Lord's Prayer, when Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, it begins when it says, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. It begins with an invitation to adoration. Hallowed be thy name. Church, we want to get better in our prayers. I don't know where you are, whether you say, I never pray. Maybe you only pray for your supper. Maybe you only pray when an emergency, a bad report comes. Maybe you are trying to grow your relationship. Jesus teaches us when we start, and using the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, it starts with, hallowed be your name. It's an invitation to adoration. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, it's easy to mistake these first few words of the Lord's Prayer as a greeting, as a, an intro to get out of the way so we can get down to the real business of asking for things. It's like when you see somebody like, hey, how you doing? Good, good, good. Listen, I was wondering, you got a pickup truck and I'm moving. I need your help. Sometimes we just throw things in as a greeting. We're not really asking it. It's more of a out of the way. Hey, you have a good week? How are you? Good to see you. And then we get down to business. When Jesus taught us to say, hallowed be your name, it's not an intro. It's not just a, hey, I hope this email, I hope this prayer finds you well. Let's get into the good stuff. I need this, 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 and this. No, no, it's an invitation to adoration. It's a powerful truth about the access point to God. The access point to God is love and thanksgiving. We're going to unpack this today because I believe it's going to help us. 
as we navigate, as we grow our prayer life. See, most people's biggest problem with prayer is God. I'm going to say that again. Most people's biggest problem with prayer is actually God. They think it's God. They see him as this um, intimidating judge, or they, they see him as this distant entity, this, this grumpy cosmic force. He's, he's out there. He's, he's far off. He's just, he's this mystical, I kind of feel him, I don't feel him. I feel him on Sundays, I don't think about him on Tuesdays. As this, and if they do feel him, it's this, this judging, grumpy, cosmic force. Most people's biggest problem with prayer is God. It's their thought of God, their knowing of God. They, no wonder people want to avoid hanging out with him if they see him as this grumpy judge or this distant mood, this thought, this, this ceremonial thing. No wonder people want to avoid hanging out with him. Jesus, it's, in, it's fascinating as he starts this Lord prayer, and again, trying to grow your prayer life. What's our goals for this series? If you're not praying, to simply start. If you are praying, to grow your prayer life. If, if, if there's one thing we could accomplish this year as a church, it would not be to increase our seating capacity. It would not be to meet more regularly as a church. It would not be to increase our budget. It would be to grow people's ability to connect with God in prayer. In prayer. Jesus intentionally teaches us to address him as father, not judge, not our judge who is in heaven, not even our creator. Our creator is in heaven. Jesus was trying to show us that a fatherly, healthy, loving relationship was possible. And please don't miss this. Some of you need, you need to hear this today. If his identity is one of a, a, a father, a heavenly loving father, then our identity is deeply loved children. And you need to get that because things, things flow out of identity. If you're wondering who you are, you're not a sinner that God hates. You are not someone who needs to earn your right to maybe be able to get access or a meeting or time with God. If Jesus said to address God as our Father, that means our identity is deeply loved children. Now, I don't know if you're the touchy-feely type, but you just need to understand. Um, even this week, our son... Uh, had a challenge he had to go through and just a rough patch and and um, and I'll tell you what happens is he 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 someone was being a bad driver and found a way to 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 hit my son when he was driving. You know what's interesting is my son didn't even think I can't call my dad. He, he I can't I can't call Mike my creator. <laughs> I had a part to play in his creation. You know it wasn't let's call the the landlord of my house. It was no no I need to call my father and his first call was to me. I need you to know today that if he's our father, then we are his loving children. Um, we have to get the relationship right. Um, and if we do, the prayer, prayer goes from a have to of religious duty into a can't wait to connect. If we get this identity right, it goes from, uh, I have to put in my time. I have to show up. I have to talk to. This is the right thing to do. If we get the identity right, that he's father and we're loving children, it turns into I can't wait. Uh, our kids are teenagers now, but when they were younger, one of my favorite things to do, I love being a dad. I just love. It's, it's, I think it's one of my most favorite things ever in life is being a dad. And um, I remember Nancy would take the kids out or maybe the kids were at school. And whenever they would come home, I was always greeting them. I'd run to the door and just see the kids. 
If they ever came home and I didn't come to the door to greet them, they always knew it meant one thing. I was hiding. We played this game. They'd walk in. If the house was quiet, they knew the game was on. And Josh, now I remember him being like six or seven, being so excited. And he's like, Maddie, Mike's hiding. They knew. If I didn't come to the door, and the excitement you could hear, I'd be hiding somewhere in a, in, a, in a clothes hamper. Man, you had to find creative places to hide. In a closet, under the bed, behind a door. I'd be somewhere. I'd get a good hiding spot. I'd see them pull in the driveway. And I'd just get into a hiding spot, and I'd hear the excitement. Josh would run to his closet and put on his Batman costume or his Superman costume or his Iron Man costume or his uh, Transformer costume and then he would arm himself with Nerf guns. And then Maddie would go get a costume, put on a costume and he'd always give her the foam sword. He wanted the bullets and she got the foam sword and then they would hunt me down, giggling the whole time. And they were so excited. You know what's interesting about that is they weren't um, avoiding coming to find me. They were excited because they knew it was a game of trying to find their dad. And when, when they found me, the rule was I could not scare them. That was Maddie's rule. You cannot scare me. It would always turn into wrestling and tickling and laughing, and we'd be jumping on the bed. And it was this moment. You know, it was interesting. That search wasn't a chore. It was an adventure. Because they knew who they were, and they knew who I was. It wasn't, uh, dad. Dad's not visible. Dad's somewhere. We have to go find dad. It became this excitement of... Let's go find Mike. When the relationship is right, it's not a chore, it's an adventure. The search for God in prayer, uh, the Bible says, seek and you will find. It says, search for me and you will find me. The search for God in prayer is an adventure to be enjoyed, not a chore to endure. I think this is one of the biggest starts of prayer, is understanding what is about to happen. It's an adventure to enjoy, not a chore to endure. It's finding God. Hallowed be thy name. That's a word we don't use a lot. Hallowed. Let me unpack this so you can understand what Jesus is saying here as we start prayer. Hallowed defined means this. It means holiness. It means greatly revered and honored. Hallowed be your name. Holiness. Greatly revered. Honored. See, interesting. Jesus counterpoints. He balances the opening phrase of the Lord's Prayer with our Father, which is all about relationship and love and our identity, and then he counterpoints and balances it with placing God in a seat of honor, in power, and in strength. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed, holiness, greatly revered and honored. He balances so many struggle. Please don't miss this, church. So many struggle in prayer because they don't understand the relationship of the Father and doubt God likes them. They do. But just as many struggle in prayer because they fail to grasp His holiness, His power, His authority, and His awesomeness. Some people don't understand that God loves them and likes them, that we are children, He is Father, and that some people don't get into prayer because they think God is judging, grumpy, mystic force. But just as many people, they accept the loving God, the, the Father, but they mistake his kindness for weakness. And Jesus is starting this going, listen, he is Father, but he is holy. He loves you, but he is powerful. He is close, but he is awesome and to be honored and revealed. When we fail to understand the privilege it is to simply be in the presence of God. 
Some of us, prayers become so easy and so common, we've taken it for granted to have an audience, to be in the presence of a powerful God. Familiarity breeds apathy until we can't be bothered to try and connect. Whenever we do marriage counseling or talk to people struggling in marriages, at some point this line comes out. I just feel not seen or I feel taken for granted. See, apathy, familiarity breeds apathy. If you get so used to somebody, when you first, come on, you married people, you know what I'm talking about. When you first meet somebody, there's the butterflies and there's the, there, there's, there's the excitement and you can't wait to call or text or see somebody and you just love their laugh and the way they eat their food and their favorite coffee at Starbucks. And then after a while, familiarity, if you're not careful, can breed into apathy and where you once couldn't wait to see somebody or serve them or love on them or compliment them or just see them and connect. What used to be a, a warm hug and I can't wait to see you turns into grunts of, oh, I'm not using full sentences anymore. We, we, I think as humans, one of our greatest downfalls is how quick we get familiar with things. Familiarity breeds apathy until we can't be bothered to try and connect. Church, you need to know this. This is part of the problem is that we become familiar with God and we don't rever or hallow his name. And we mistake his kindness for weakness, the kindness of a father, but make no mistake, he is powerful. He is holy. He's to be honored. Part of our problem is us as the church. All our sermons and so many songs and so many prayers are all about our heart and our purposes and our calling and our pain and our needs and how God came all that way to save our lives. And the problem is we put ourselves at the center of the story and we've made ourselves the main character. We made it. It's all about us. We sing the song, it's all about you. But if you listen to our sermons and our songs and our prayers, it's God I need. And what about I, I'm offended or I'm hurt or I'm needy? Or what about my calling and my talent? And what about the purposes for my life? And God, I'm so thankful that you're here to help me and that you can hear me and that you can fill me and that you can use me. And part of the problem is we put ourselves at the center of this story and we think we are the main character. I don't know who he needs to hear this today, but you are not the main character of this story. <laughs> it sounds even wrong saying that. It's not about you. It's not about me. I heard one parenting expert say it this way. If we treat our kids, I see this with parents all the time, if you treat your kids like they're the center of the universe, don't be surprised one day when they act like it. My teenager is so selfish. My young adult, they just think it's all about them. Well, if we treat them like the universe surrounds them and circles around them, they're the center of the universe when they're a child, don't be surprised if they act like it. Part of the problem in church and in our faith is we've made it about us. God, I just, it's my heart and my pain and my distress and my vision. Hallowing and honoring God's name in prayer is understanding that this whole thing is not about us. It's actually about him. Heard someone say it this way, history is his story. You need to know this, that there was people before you, there'll be people after us, but God remains. He is the center of this story. It is about him. It is about God. He is the main character in this story called life, and we are the supporting cast. Some of us just need to wrestle and chew on that thought for a minute. We are loved. Yes, we're greatly loved, but he is the big deal. He is the big deal. I never forget when I was a young adult pastor, there was this young lady in our, in, our, in our student ministry, young adult ministry, and she was so excited to show this picture. She posted it on Instagram 
and uh, she was walking downtown Halifax, and she ran into probably uh, Halifax's most famous to date athlete, Sidney Crosby. If you're not from Canada, maybe you don't know, Sidney Crosby is uh, a huge deal, hockey player and, and, and amazing scorer and famous and amazing athlete, but he's from Halifax. And she ran into, in the summertime, Sidney Crosby and a friend walking down the street, so she stopped him to get a picture. And the guy, the young man that was with him, she said, would you get a picture of me and Sydney, Sid the kid? And so she gets this picture and this person took a picture of her and Sidney Crosby. She posted on Instagram, it was an amazing story. I met Sidney Crosby, number 87 for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I met Sid the kid. People asked her, well, who, who took the picture? Oh, the guy he was with, some guy he was with. Who was it? I don't know who it was. Come to find out later on who actually was with Sidney Crosby is, some would say, Right now, even a better hockey player, setting more records, scoring more goals, a young man from Halifax, a hockey player for the Avalanche called Nathan McKinnon. What's amazing is she didn't recognize Nathan McKinnon. She had no idea who he was, but she made Nathan McKinnon, who gets paid millions of dollars, scores a ton of goals, who is famous uh, uh, all over, made him the camera guy for her and Sidney Crosby. We're a lot like that is we lose sight of the greatness of God, the familiarity. We just make God one of us common. We, we lose sight of the greatness of God and make him out to be our errand boy. Can you just do this for me? Just like, this is important. I got to go do this. Can you just, can you make this happen? Can you just, can you hold this for a second? Can you fix this for a second? Can you just speak into this? I don't really, if you can just, I can't do this myself. If you could just help me get ahead, if you could just help me get this done and we mistake him and the greatness of God and turn him into our errand boy. We've mistaken his kindness for weakness, his closeness for lack of importance. Jesus starts this prayer. We've already paused in prayer to be fully present, not just going through a list. And now as we start to pray, our Father, which speaks of our relationship of a loving God, but hallowed be thy name, puts him in a place of honor going, you're our God, but you're important. You're close, but you're a big deal. You're kind, but you are strong. Hallowed be your name. We hallow God's name in worship, in praising, in reverencing. It's making sure we know our place and put him in his. When we start prayer, we know our place as children, but we also put him in his place, which is God, our Father, who is holy and powerful. Some of us are so flippant and casual with God, and we've mistaken him for a friend or an errand boy. No, no, he is God. He saved us. He made us. He has a plan for us. But he also wants to direct us. And we are here to serve him. Hallowed be thy name. How do we praise God? How do we hallow his name? Let me give you a couple practical tips on how to hallow his name. Just saying hallowing his name is not enough. Hallowing his name. How do we, when we start to pray, we've paused. We've put our phones on silent. We've got somewhere quiet. We picked our place. We've now, we're being fully present. We're shutting out distractions. It might take a minute. If you're like me, it takes more than that to get yourself present. Then it says, hallowed be thy name. How do we hallow the name of God? Thanksgiving and praise opens access into the presence of God. How do we hallow his name? How do we do that? You're in your car driving to work. You're at home getting a moment in your cozy chair before the kids wake up. You're in the office. You shut the door at lunchtime just to get a moment. How do we hallow his name. How do we praise God? Let me give you three ways. They're not the only ways, but they're three ways that work for me. 
Pray a psalm. Pray a psalm. I don't know if you've ever done this, but psalms are prayers to God. You want to find a powerful way to pray? You're like, I don't know what to pray. Go to psalms. I just opened my Bible right now to Psalm 111. Just randomly opened it. Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart, right? I'm praising God. As I meet with his godly people, how amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Start pondering about the deeds of the Lord. Start thinking about how powerful God is, how much he's done, how much I've seen his power at work. When we pray the Psalms, if you're wondering, if you're stuck today in your prayer and you want to put God where he belongs, as your father, but as powerful, holy God, maybe find a Psalm, part of a Psalm, maybe a whole Psalm, and pray it to God. Pray a Psalm. I'd encourage you to do that this week. There's Psalms in there of pain. There's ones in there of victory. There's ones there about how good God is. There's other Psalms about not understanding why so many bad things happen. But when you pray a Psalm, it puts God into a place of honor and to be hallowed. What's another way you can praise God is you sing your prayers. There's something like, I don't know, that sounds kind of weird. Singing your prayers. Well, we call this worship music. Prayers is hallowing and it's reverence. Sometimes we have this weird culture in church where like, oh, this is prayer and this is worship. Do you know what worship music is? Good worship music is? It's prayer. We were just singing today about build my life. God, I want you to build my life. I don't want my life to be a wreck. I don't want my life to be built on money or on feelings or on, on, on pursuit of happiness. I want to build on you. And we start, when you worship, you're actually singing prayers. And good worship music always puts God where he belongs, in a place of honor, place of holiness. If you're wondering how to hallow God's name, maybe you need to start your prayer time and in your mind you thought, okay, I'm on my knees and I'm saying four points in a poem. Maybe you need to start with putting headphones in or your record player on. I just got a record player. I'm loving it. Maybe you need to put some music on. Maybe you just need to sing an old hymn that you remember as a child. Start singing, I exalt thee. Start singing, great is your faithfulness. Start singing, amazing grace. Start singing prayers. That's what worship music is. It's not just, I need some Christian music because I listen to too much non-Christian music, right? I got to get some Christian music. No, 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 no. Worship music is your ability to join someone else. Put on some house fire. Put on some elevation. Put on uh, some Nova. Put on something and sing along and sing your prayers. You will be hallowing the name of God, putting God where he belongs. What's another way you can? Sing prayers with others. We call that in-person church. See, worship isn't the three songs or the one song before the message. It's actually a time of hallowing his name. It's honoring God. It's putting him where he belongs. We know we're his children, but he is our God. He's not our errand boy. He is the, cha he is the chapter. He is the book. He is the main character. He is the alpha and the mega, the beginning and the end. He is a big deal. He was before us and he'll be after us. He is God. And when we start to worship together, there's something about hearing other people sing their prayers. We should change it from worship time to singing prayer time because that's what it is. We are singing prayers, something about united voices, hallowing the name of God, our Father, not my Father. Jesus starts his whole thing with our Father. You need to underline that in your Bible, circle that. It doesn't say my Father. Christianity was never designed to be done alone, never. If you don't think you need the church, you're doing your faith wrong. 
Now that, that might ruffle some of you, but you need to hear me. If you feel like you don't need church, then you're doing it wrong. Jesus taught them, not, hey, you might have to do this on your own. You may get frustrated with leadership and people. You might feel like there's too many hypocrites. So there's going to be a season. We're going to go off on your own. So I should teach you to pray, my father. Because you, I don't know if you're going to be around everybody. You might need a season just for yourself. It's about me. It's about me time. No, 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 no. He says, this is done in community. Imperfect, rough, sinful, painful community sometimes. But when he teaches us to pray, he doesn't say, my father. He says, our father. And one way that we can hallow his name is in-person church or online church. And we hear voices and we know we're singing together the prayers to our God. When I pray, I pause. And then we have to hallow his name. Say, God, you're a big deal. I think about who you are and what you've done and what you're capable of doing. And God, it's not about you serving me. It's about me serving you. I'm so thankful that you let me be a part of this journey that you're leading. I'm so thankful that I have access to you. You start putting him where he belongs. Sometimes I'll put, I have a prayer playlist I put on and I might get through one song and other times it might be longer, but I need to get myself out of the driver's seat of my life. I need to get myself out of being the main character when it's about what I need for supper and what bills I need to pay and what trips I'm trying to plan and what sermons I'm trying to write and what I'm trying to build and go, no, 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 this is not about me. I get the privilege of coming into his presence. I just... Right, this is a big deal. And try to get rid of the apathy that comes from familiarity and go, people have lived their whole lives and never had a conversation with their creator. And I get to anytime I want. It's not a chore to be endured, but it's an adventure to be enjoyed. I get to find God. I get to spend time with God. I get to seek and find the God that made me, that loves me, and that has created everything. I start hallowing his name. The most important relationship we have is with our heavenly father. Had an email from one of you last night from our church. New to the faith, new to church. Talking about how God has spoken to them to get some things right in their life. And it was an email going, Pastor, I need to make some choices. Can you help me? I feel like God is saying I, he wants to help me do things better. He wants to, they felt convicted, not condemned. Condemned is always pushing you lower. Conviction is like, oh, no, 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 I got more for you. And it felt like God was saying, we want to do this better. Pastor, can you help us make some decisions? Can you help us figure this out? Can you help us make this right? Church, God wants to speak to us, encourage us, and the most important relationship we have is our Heavenly Father. The most important. Friendships come and go. Kids grow up and move out. Your dog, your dog is your dog. <laughs> your friends are friends. But God, our Father, our Creator, we get access to Him whenever we want. But in my life, so many times, it's been a chore to endure. I'll read three chapters of the new, two of the old. I'll do 15 minutes of prayer. I'll go through the list, pray for my kids, pray for my spouse, pray for my friends, pray for the church. Oh, it's like making your bed in the morning. Done. No, no, no. It's an adventure to enjoy. I love when my kids would be like, I hear them. Mike is hiding 
I'd be giddy, waiting for them to find me. Squeals of delight, knowing. And then we'd go order pizza and, be, and we'd have family time. How many times is God waiting for us to seek him? But we keep looking at it like a chore to endure, not an adventure to enjoy. It's our most important relationship. Church, we're growing in prayer. How to pray. I want to remind you, pause to be present. Shut your phone off for a while. Be present. Be present with your spouse. Be present with your kids. But be present with your God. And then hallow his name. Rejoice, which is making God big. Just celebrate that the God of the universe is as close as you want him to be. And rejoice. As we grow to pray, we pause, and then we rejoice. And you're going to feel the presence of God come into your room, into your car, into wherever you are, and have a connection not to endure, but to enjoy. Church, we need to grow in this. There are people that need our prayers. There are people in the hospital that need to know a church has the ear of God and a heart for God. There are people far from God that need to know not religion, but people that say, no, no, we, we know God and you can know him too. In my life and your life, we need the God that made us actively engaged in our story of making him the main character. Church, we're going to grow in this. I want to pray for you today. I would say this if you're watching this, Maybe you've tuned in because of 21 days of prayer or someone shared this. You're like, Mike, I don't know Jesus. I don't know God. I'm just tuning into church. I'm new to this. You can know Jesus. I can introduce you to Jesus. It's not mystical. It's not actually this crazy ritual. It's simply you just saying, God, I want you to come into my life. I want to start a relationship. I want to stop making myself the main character. I want to stop doing my own thing. I want to actually follow you. I want to come back to you, the God that made you that we've sometimes unknowingly run from. It's running back to God going, you're in charge. I want to follow you. If you want to pray a prayer, I just want to pray for you right now and say, Mike, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to, I want to start that relationship. I want to have that reconciled. I want to have that relationship healed. I want to, that void of not knowing God. I, I couldn't put words on it, but I've been feeling it my whole life. You can know God right now. I want to pray for you. You might be in Halifax, or maybe somewhere else in the world. I want to pray for you. Let's bow our head. Father, I thank you for those that are watching now. And God, they've identified that they don't know you. They feel far from you. And God, you said that you're as close as the mention of your name. And if we say with our mouth and believe in our heart that you are God, you are Lord, that a miracle happens. You come into our lives and you make us new. You save us from ourselves and you reunite us with you. So Father, right now we agree together in Jesus' name. Would you forgive us for our sin and our past? Would you erase the distance between us? Would you help us not lead our own lives, but follow your leading? Would you strengthen us? Would you help us? And would you direct us in our lives? We give you our lives. We give you our past. We give you our present. And we give you our future. We want to follow you. Jesus, we believe you are God. And we believe that you want to lead us. In Jesus' name. Church, the rest of you, can I challenge you this week? Grow in prayer. If you haven't start, start praying. If you are praying, start with pausing and then rejoicing, hallowing the name of God. Sing your prayers. Read the Psalms. Come to in-person church when we have it or online. But put God first. Make him a big deal that he is. It's not a chore to endure. endure. 
but it's a relationship. It's an adventure to enjoy. We love you so much. God bless you. Happy praying. Don't forget to join us tomorrow night for another live stream of 21 Days of Prayer. And then next Sunday night, we're praying live, taking requests, believing together as we pray. Church, we love you. We're going to grow in this. Our city needs it. Our generation needs it. And we need to grow our connection with God. We love you so much. Have an amazing week.